0: For too many years, families of children with devastating illnesses have felt helpless as they watched their child suffer. Today, they're taking matters into their own hands and finally finding relief, treating their child with cannabis. This is One Family's Story.
1: Hi, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Love, Love and cannabis. cannabis I am Nina I'm Osiris And we are the proud parents of Aiden, Aiden. So last episode we said we were going to talk about Sex and cannabis Yeah <laughs> So Osiris, what is up with you guys In sex and in terms of After a baby is born.
2: Well, since you put it that
1: way, I mean, sex in general. No, let's just kind of narrow it down to, you know, that after baby postpartum
2: phase. Okay, so that's a little complicated, but not, I mean, generally guys always aroused. I mean, you think about for the eight, nine months, you're pretty much almost hands off only once in a while, you know, at the time, you'd have an interest, you'd want to. But then after that, when baby's born, it's like. And I recall during the time that you were breastfeeding, eating, you were literally hands off. It's like milk is for baby. You're not getting anything in your coffee. You're not getting anything to, go, to take to go. It's, it's all about your body, your mind, your spirit was all about Aiden and uh, making sure he was fine. And that was for what, two years? Two and a half years? Yeah,
1: so I'm one of those mothers that really breastfed her a long time. I did it for two and a half years. So for those two and a half years, it was rough. Sex life was rough because I really had a very low sex drive and really wasn't interested you know, in that intimacy. So it was rough, you know, I, you know, that did cause a, a riff in our relationship. But so I wanted to know why. So I went and did some research in terms of why do women feel that way? Because, you know, I talking to my girlfriends, I wasn't the only one. A lot of girls will say, yeah, yeah, I didn't do not want to be touched. No, you know, especially ugh, they just still have no desire and want to know why. And just quickly summarizing, I read an article and said, basically, your Our estrogen levels are a little higher, and our testosterone levels really, really drop and that is what kind of gets the libido going the the testosterone so that definitely plays a factor into that. some parents some mothers would say that they're just too tired, you know that was me, you know I thought that was it like I was just exhausted when you breastfeed a baby sometimes the baby wants to nurse every 2 hours, every hour sometimes. So, and sometimes when they're having a, like a growth growth spurt, it's like you're literally feel like you're breastfeeding all day. You're just done. And I was done. Like that was the last sex was the last thing that I was thinking about and I really wasn't thinking about our relationship at all. It was like I'm the mommy cub and he's the baby cub and my goal and only desire is to make sure that My cub is okay and fed.
2: And that was very apparent when I'd come home. It was interesting to watch. So, you know, I remember one experience where I was home. Because at the time, we were were really getting into the nursing. I was a stay-at-home dad. I was taking care of Aiden. You've already left milk for Aiden. And then you came home from work. You're like, okay, I'm full. Where is he? I'm like, "Uh, he's just laying down. I got to get this milk out. He has to get it. And I'm standing there like, okay, hand over Aiden to you. You take off your top. You take him and just nurse. And I sit there like, I wish that was me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, you know, I'm
2: like, I can use some milk. <laughs> I'm like, it's been a while. Can I touch him? It's like, nope. Strictly for junior. I'm like, great, great. And that went on for two years, two and a half, I think. He did nurse. And the funny thing is that. It was sad to see, but I'm happy at the same time because I know my son was being you know taken care of you're nursing you're using your body for this purpose and this purpose only, and for the fact that I had to put and suppress all my desires aside and allow this natural act to happen, so I supported it, you know wholeheartedly supported it, but it, when he started having the seizures and you know you're done with your breastfeeding. And now he's eating now. And all these things are changed. Again, your whole focus and body now is about him. So again, my feelings and my needs are, okay, now put aside. But that is understandable because of the fact that now Aiden is going through something else. And we have to be all hands on deck.
1: Yeah, so basically I felt like yeah, I was hit with a double whammy. So I was going through you know, all the things that new moms go through. And then when you start to normalize when the child is around two or three where you feel, okay... All right, now I stopped nursing. I'm trying to get my body back and my breasts are maybe coming back. Because, you know, I don't know, women, after you breast for so long, <laughs> your breasts basically you look like flapjacks. <laughs> <laughs> I'll flip them. So, you know, things were starting to normalize for me. And then, bam, you know, here we go with the seizures. So then, I, at that point, I was depressed. So that. Caused a little sex drive as well.
2: Yeah. There was a lot of suppressing going on and the focus. And I remember the conversation we had one time. You're like, you know what? I can't think about any intimacy or even your needs right now because of the fact that Aiden's going through something. So I'm going to be honest. I'm going to put all my energies and thoughts into helping Aiden. And you apologize. He's like, look, I'm sorry for what may or may not happen, whatever you decide. But I can't think about you and your needs. As I'm thinking about Aiden. And I'm like, okay. Alright, so my son, my family, I have to make the sacrifices. I have to figure out, you know, how to get around that and just suppress my own natural desires, which is as a man, you know, we're made out of testosterone. Testosterone is who we are and what we push. and so, And that's part of it because that makes us a man, but, you know, it's not the whole picture, but also I'm a man, I'm a dad, a husband, and, you know, a supporter and a provider. So it's like, those things that make you who you are is now a part has to be suppressed in order to achieve the ultimate goal but as women may know and as guys know it's like hey there's only so much suppression that needs to go on on my, our end but that came up with a decision where like okay do i suppress or do i go outside the relationship to get my needs met and for the most part the thoughts run through your mind. I'm going to be honest and say, yes, thoughts have run through my mind. Meeting women here, going to events. But at the same time, it never uh, f- came fruition because there was things that come to mind like, OK, you do this, then what? Then, you know, it's like A, B, C and D issues. And it's like, you know what? It's not even worth it. And at the same time, you know, you still love your family. You just don't want to add any other burden that's already going on that you have to deal with. So that was one of the things that just kept me grounded and saying, you know what? it is not her fault i can't blame her it's not like as if we have this massive issue that's hanging over us it's like this is about our child we we have to be selfish sometimes and just make some sacrifices and just say look i'm going to hold off and just really work my family and my wife and supporting her and supporting my family cuz you know this is my son it's not someone else's family that i got to support especially emotionally mentally and physically so
1: yeah so as a mom for mothers like the you know that connection is very very strong so if he's not okay typically I'm not okay so I'm not going to feel a need even really for fun you ask some all my friends and family like when Aiden was really going through the real rough patch when they were really trying to figure out what worked for him to help his seizures I ended up losing all my maternity leave weight plus another 20 pounds
2: so I What were you talking about like what 30 pounds
1: so I gained maybe twenty five pounds of maternity, leave, and then I lost another like twenty
2: pounds. So when you were pregnant, you, when you had, when you were pregnant, like nine months pregnant, you were about 140, 130, 140? I don't know. Some no, probably more than that. I don't know. I don't know the numbers. Uh, yeah, I but... think it was around that I, <laughs> I remember you were. I, I'm just saying because I remember because you were concerned that hey, I'm getting too big, but I'm like hey, you got to eat, you got a baby inside, so you got to eat. So I think it was around 135, 140. It was around that range. That's probably what I started off with.
1: Yeah, because... And then I probably even... went into the 150s probably when I was pregnant.
2: Really? Because you ended up... I think you ended up at around 120. You were actually way below. So yeah, that's about right. 150 and then you end up 120. At yeah, the end of even it all. lower
1: than that. Yeah, in the teens. So yeah, so I ended up losing... It because I was just depressed. So I'm not thinking about sex at all. Like, I'm not thinking of anything pleasurable. I anything that had any pleasure. Basically, I didn't go out with friends. Uh, we I, we went through a period where we isolated ourselves yeah. from friends and family. So, you know, having fun wasn't
2: lot our know, vocabulary. Not really. We, <laughs> we tried to make the best of what we had at the time, even with each other. I mean, how many fights did we have? How many times did we think we were going to break up during the four years going through this? How many times? Probably a lot. Probably a lot. <laughs>
1: and I think a lot of it probably them now knowing now that you know, men get grumpy and irritable
2: when they're hey hey. Not you know, you're having... saying men. You're talking about me in general. Don't don't don't, say, don't bring a man in Yeah, here. you. Yeah, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Be specific.
1: <laughs> that you get kind of grumpy. That that probably caused a lot of friction.
2: Yeah, well, it did. I mean, I'm kind of like frustrated. I don't know where to turn. I can't. I can't or don't want to go outside our relationship. <laughs> so I have you, and so it's like window shopping. You have no money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, feel bad. you do, but it's like not that bad, yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> it's not like, hey, you know, I could give you a hand, but I'm not going to. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, figure it out, take a cold shower. And it's like, there was some times where you try to figure out, like, I try to figure out, well, is it personal? Is yeah. it me? Is it does she find me attractive anymore? Does she, you know, is, is it over between us? Is that what we thought it was? Is not there. Did we lie to each other? It's like, I don't even know what to think anymore. So I start to develop these ideas in my mind. I know you were probably doing the same because after a while, it just start to wear on you. Because this is like day in and day out. You know, you come home from work and it's like, yeah, barely kiss. We barely hug. And it was like one of those things is like, okay, how was his day? It was like only about him. And I understand that. So it's like we forgot about each other. Yeah. We suppress who we were to each other and just focus like just mom and dad. That was all we were.
1: And what is nice, uh, recently you disclosed that to me, that you thought maybe I wasn't attracted
2: to you. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm a good-looking guy. Like, oh, <laughs> and I, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, man. I was like, that sucks that he felt that way. And it, That wasn't the case. It wasn't that I wanted to be with another man. I'm looking at other men. It was just like, I was not interested. I just was too stressed out. And I didn't know you were feeling that way. And I was like, wow, I was actually really happy that you said that to me really yeah because i was like oh shoot i didn't know and i felt i didn't know that and and, you know i how could you go around thinking that oh your wife doesn't want you anymore that's how that's a lot to carry around
2: it is (laughs) i was like oh yeah i know right it was a surprise but i i think for the most part disappointed in the fact that we really couldn't communicate with each other without having those emotions or those ideas that built up in our mind we never really expressed to each other. No. And I didn't understand that like, why couldn't we express what we feel and feel it was safe enough to do so because without us having this animosity at each other or just like this wall that's like, it's my way or it's my thoughts Mm -hmm. or, you know, it's like, why aren't you respecting my feelings or my wishes? Because I mean, we've gone through back and forth with that. It's like, this is what I want to do. Well, I don't like that idea, but it's like, well, where do we find that happy median then? Because I know that, you know, people have told me about marriage because it's for the first marriage for the both of us. It's not like we've been married before and gone through this experience. The first time parents as well. So yes. a lot of this is new and we're learning. And at the same time, we can't really go outside our relationship and say, hey, guys, what do you guys do? Because everybody's different.
1: Yes. Everybody's situations Every, are everybody's different. Everybody's situations are different.
2: If so there's only so much. So, yeah, we didn't really have a
1: a married couple that also had a child with epilepsy. Yeah. So we didn't have that community to to turn to.
2: So we did feel basically on our own. We were on our own basically in our own mind. Yeah. We were on On our our own own until we started really doing research and finding other families that were also going through what we were going through. But I don't think sex was one of those conversations or, you know, sex and cannabis was even a discussion. I think that's something that we did on our own. We kind of like experienced it, and now we share with other people what we did and what we went yeah. through. Yeah,
1: and I think I wanted this episode because I have friends also who have children with special needs, and they also, you know, discuss some you know hardships that they're going into there in their marriage. So we're not alone here. And we sometimes, you, like we said, sometimes you think you're alone, like it's us against the world. No one else knows what we're going through. Yeah. It's just us. But come to find out That's not the case
2: Well True But I don't know How many families Are going through I mean to a certain extent I mean like Because Aiden was still Going through his seizure And still continues To go through his seizures At night Which concerns us That we made the decision You know what He's got to sleep with us He's been sleeping with us For the past What he's six now Six years Yes He and, still sleeps and with us He sleeps with us But then also Because you've been Lacking sleep That you've had to sleep Either in the living room Because yes. you can't sleep okay, with so him That
1: was another point So If a child with epilepsy, then a lot of times their seizures are at night or in the middle, early morning. So we sleep with Aiden because we don't want him to have one when we are not there present. Exactly. To see, if, you, <laughs> to know, see so- if we, you know, to see what's going on, to make sure he's on his side to make sure he's breathing. So we so that is a. That's a killer,
2: too. That's a sex killer because both of us are not sleeping. I remember the time where neither, no one was sleeping in the house. Mm-hmm. He was having seizures in the middle of the night. We're waking up. We had to create a protocol. Like, if he has a grandma in the middle of the night, like 1, 2 o'clock in the morning, this is what we need to do. Get an ice pack, put in the base of his neck. Who's going to get up and get it? <laughs> you know, who's going to keep an eye on him? Yeah. So no one's really sleeping, especially when both of us have to be up at 5, 6 o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. to get ready for work. But there was times that he gets up at 6 o'clock or 5 o'clock. I remember times he was getting up at 5 every morning on the dot. That was absurd. No matter what time he went to bed.
1: So, yes, the sleep was a huge issue. Because if you're tired, then you're not going to have any real energy. Oh,
2: no, energy for anything. There was times where I didn't want to even have sex. I'm like, look, I can't even think about it. I'm so exhausted. so
1: exhausted. Because we weren't sleeping. And... And then sometimes I wouldn't even sleep in the same bed with them because I'm a light sleeper. So I had a, I was sleeping on the couch. You know, we're in that one bedroom or one and a half bedroom, you know, Harlem apartment. So that became that became another factor. That's yeah, but
2: you thing. were on the couch. But think about it. You were on the couch for about, what, a year and a half, two years? Um,
1: yeah. On
2: the couch for wow So yeah, so that <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of disrupted our intimacy, us being even close. And even if we were in a bed together, it's between us. Yeah. So, so so we never really have, you know, like when we first got married, we were engaged, and we were living together. The hugs, the holding each other, the kissing, all that—that kind of like <laughs> shut down for for. It's been like what four years, really, yeah. four to six years, actually. Because you think about you know four years, because when he started developing the seizures and everything. So you figure, yeah, it's been about four and a half years.
1: Yeah, pray that we get, like, a two, three bedroom.
2: Yeah, right? (laughs) But even then. But uh, even
1: then, someone's going to have to sleep with him. Yeah, to keep an eye on his seizures. So it's going to be a while. It might be a while. Or maybe not.
2: (laughs) Yeah, hopefully not. I mean, not to say that the CBD oil that he's been using in cannabis oil hasn't been helping. It has greatly. I mean, you're talking about a kid who's been having 200 a day. Yeah, so
1: we have, we're have we about 90%. So that doesn't mean he's seizure-free, but 90% of the seizures that he was having is gone.
2: Yeah, so is it, like, most so, of the experience come They're sporadic. Throughout yeah. the day, maybe one or two or maybe four. If he's, you know, if he's constipated, if he's overheated, you know, certain elements will um, trigger his seizures and that which we started noticing as well. And we document, but for our relationship itself, it's a reboot (laughs) in a way because of how far we've come and to where we are now in the sense that, you know, the intimacy is like only been on hold until further notice, you know, it's like, so what keeps us grounded? Now we're learning communication. And thankfully, what created communication was the fact that we started using cannabis so we can have a conversation. those <laughs> out. Yeah, you know, like you said, take the edge off.
1: Yeah. You know, I think we should be pr- pretty proud of ourselves. Why? Of actually sticking through this and staying together. <laughs> I, shout out to us.
2: <laughs> shout out, I guess. Yeah, shout out and a couple of drinks and a couple of pulls. Yes.
1: <laughs> you know, like you, like you said in the last episode, This is some things that people definitely will leave the relationship for. Yeah,
2: because you have the question, like, why am I staying? Like, what's keeping me here? Because we're not communicating. We're constantly fighting. None of us are sleeping. We have a child that's, like, totally in a state that he's going to constantly need someone's help. So it's, like, all these things, like, where do I draw the line? Where do I fit in this? And we're constantly arguing. I mean, I think we were arguing, like, almost every day over something that just didn't make any sense half the time
1: the thing we were both well i know i can't speak for you but i was always
2: on the edge oh yeah i was too i didn't know it's, it's funny because i'm working and i come home and i i have my mindset like my home when i first got married my i thought my home is my place to have my peace in mind but it seemed like my home has become the battlefield as opposed to just working commuting and all that those outside elements it's like oh okay i have to have my guard on 24 hours a day because i didn't know what i was walking into And not knowing what your day was like either. And I think that was one of the things I learned is like, what is her day like? How is she handling certain things? And it wasn't until now. So it was like four years later. Now I'm starting to understand and get a clearer picture of what's going on. Because again, we learned that Aiden acts differently between, you know, when he's with you than he is with me, which could also add stress. And that's why I said, Hey, he's getting to you. Grab that pen, grab that pen, take a couple pulls and deal with him because some children could take you emotionally to another level of like, yeah. like okay, kid, you are asking for me to put some boxing gloves on, and then we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna hash this out right now. Yeah. <laughs> You're pushing the envelope. Yeah, some kids bro.
1: I met a special needs mom, and uh, she said to me, she lives in New York too, and she says to me, I feel like every day I'm gonna have a heart attack.
2: And I'm like, me too. <laughs> <laughs> the me too. Stages. I said
1: me too. It you know some days it does feel like that. You,
2: I got you're always on the edge. Well, yeah. I mean, and I think that's why when, you know when you call me and say he's driving me nuts right now. He's destroying the place. He's throwing his toys around. I said take a couple pulls, look at him and have a conversation because boys need structure. They need to be organized. They need structure. They need routine. And if you're not giving it to them, they're gonna tear your place apart. But also, you have to be grounded. And I and again, having the cannabis available, especially in, we don't do the flower, so that, just know that. We have a pen, and we use it. And I swear, it does help take the edge. It melds you out, and you just say, okay, let me look at these things with some clarity. Okay, so what is it we need to do? What is, are the issues? How do we address them? And then take it from there without having these feelings like, oh, she should have done this. Oh, I mean, this family's... The- Without those things, oh, I had a hard day, I'm going to bring it home with me. And, you know, we do that. We tend to bring whatever external feelings that we have, and we project them. We literally project them. It's like, here, I'm going to dump this stuff all on you. Even though it's all in my mind, I'm going to dump it on you.
1: Well, I think that was a great... That was very therapeutic.
2: Really? Well, I mean... For me. For me too, because I'm learning a lot. Yeah. But I, what I do appreciate about what we're doing is that we create a safe place so we can actually express ourselves yeah. and actually talk and freely without feeling anything. Yeah,
1: yeah. Because I, you said some things and I was like, oh, okay. Like, there's no animosity, which I think adds to the therapeutic yeah. value of this conversation.
2: Yeah, I think for the most part, I think for my, my end is that I looked at things where I think you're personally attacking me. Like, what, what you don't see the good things that I do? Don't you know what, what kind of person I? Am? So it's like that ego that just starts to talk and it's not listening, you know, to what's going on, and that's what made it hard. And uh, I think also there's some past things that I think we were still learning about each other that we never got to understand, you know, how we work. Yeah,
1: definitely. So, so, so I think after this, but you know, we're working progress. We're still working on the on the sex life.
2: I think we're just working on it. Everything's a work in progress. It's a
1: work in progress. As
2: I say, it's another job. It's another full-time job. Yeah, relationship for sure.
1: So I think that is going to end this episode. For the next episode, I think we should go into uh, mothers using cannabis to help and cope with postpartum depression.
2: Oh, that's that's interesting.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. So I read some articles and actually our cannabis doctor was in the article and yeah, she's using it to help some moms
2: that's okay. great yeah
1: so i think we could go into that sounds good
2: that sounds great because i know that it could help a lot of mothers out there postpartum i did not know how serious it was until i saw some people i didn't realize that it. it is it is really really interesting so very real i guess i'm looking forward to talking in our next episode because there's a lot for me to learn as a man and a husband a father you know, all right, <laughs> put your listening cap on. Yes, <laughs> it's gonna be a long one. All right. all right, guys, all right,
1: ciao. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Love and Cannabis. Cannabis. I'm Nina, I'm Osiris, and we're the proud parents of Aiden. Be strong and stay empowered.
0: along with others who have used cannabis oil for many more ailments besides cancer, such as chronic pain, PTSD, MS, and many, many more. As one of our guests said, your podcast gave me the confidence to save my own life. We regularly get messages from listeners who have heard our podcast and use cannabis to solve a serious health issue of their own or that of a loved one. We hope you listen to these stories and be as inspired and moved as we are with each and every episode.